the sermon series that we're in is called People of Presence. And what we're doing is we're talking about praying with God in, in two different um, aspects. One is how do, how do we have intimacy with God? How do we get close to God? And then other weeks we're talking about intercession. How do we pray for others well? What are ways that we can pray for others well? And so we are on an intimacy week. We're on a week about getting close to God. And this week we're going to There's been a lot of emphasis on singing, on praying here at the church, on ways to draw near to God, which is all really good. But what about ways that don't have to do with just coming to church or how we typically think of like what we would do at church or the things for church? What about other ways to get close to God? So I'm going to invite Michael Motes to come up now. Um, Mike has... Uh, ben, and he's on his fifth year of being a ministering elder. For part of that time, he also served uh, on the elder board. Um, he has been involved in many things here at the church for years, he and his wife Jackie, and uh, in our community. And he, I think, is a perfect person to talk to us about, about how we draw close to the Lord in ways that aren't just in this building. So I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, it's been a long time since I stood in front of people and talked, so uh, if you guys don't mind, while I'm talking, please pray silently that it, uh, I was in front of a classroom for 20 years and you know, praise team for quite a few years, but it's been a long time. So uh, I also want to just thank all of the other people who have been willing to get up in and share the last few weeks. It's been, it's been great to hear different perspectives. Um, the elders last week, the prayers, very, very moving, very touching. And, and uh, when Andrew asked me about uh, coming up there and speaking, I thought, well, I'd like to see the list of people that said no to him already, because <laughs> for him to ask an old science teacher to come up here and talk, I'm like, eh, you've, had, you've heard no a lot already, haven't you? Um, so anyway, uh, the other to- when he said he wanted me to talk to you about um, intimacy, I thought, I'm really probably not that person, because um, if I... I'm just not typical. I, I wouldn't describe myself as an intimate person. Uh, science teacher, nah, we're not intimate. Uh, but anyway, uh, after we talked about his, his thoughts on it, I was like, okay, I see where you're going with this. Um, so going back uh, in my prayer life, I guess I was trying to think of some significant things that have happened to me or things, events that I've been involved in that really kind of triggered uh, a more intimate prayer life. And I, I remember back to a Bible study that I was in years ago. Jackie and I were in it with Randy and Amy Buren, and I think the bishops were involved in that group at the time, and Josh and Jody Gritters. Um, and we went through a it was a video that we'd watch. I think it was Andy Stanley, if I remember right, that re- referenced prayer. And, and specifically, we went through some scripture on Jesus and how Jesus prayed. And so I, I pulled back out um, those scriptures. And so I just want to real quick go through. Uh, uh, I think, Jill, you have the slides. Yeah, there we go. Um, what I want to do is just go through about five scriptures here that reference Jesus' prayer life. And I'm just going to go through them real quickly. And what I want you guys to watch for is two things. Who did he pray with and where did he do it? Okay? Who, who did he pray with and, and where was he while he was praying? 
So our first one is in Matthew 14, verses 22 and 23. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go out ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, well, it went away. (laughs) He was there alone. Okay, the next one is Luke 6, verse 12. Nope, next one's Matthew 6, verse 34. I'll follow you, Jill, if you want to. <laughs> Matthew 6, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Did I give that one? Luke 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. What's our next one? Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And Luke 5, verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. And then Luke 9, verse 28, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and he went up onto the mountain to pray. So if you, if you look through those, with the exception of the last one, every single one of them, who was he with? Nobody. And where was he? He was in nature, basically, in the wilderness, at a mountain. And uh, I think back on my prayer life and the times that I've felt closest to God, most intimate with God, I would probably resonate with that. That when I'm in nature, when I'm away from society, that's when I feel God's presence is, is more real, maybe than even in church events or prayer gatherings or you know, in, in instances like that. Um, there are a couple of quotes that, that uh, by C.H. Spurgeon, he was a pretty influential guy back in the 1800s. And I don't know, do you have those quotes, Jill? He was referencing Jesus' prayer, uh, prayer life. And one thing he said was that he, who's referencing Jesus, was, was sinless, and yet he needed prayer. Far be it from us to dream that we can do, do without it. In private, we must, like our God, equip ourselves for the public battle of life. Another thing that, uh, that C.H. Spurgeon said about Jesus, he said, no doubt, It was the constant habit of Christ to pray. But there were certain times when he retired into lonely places and his prayer life was peculiarly fervent and prolonged. So, like I said, I I remember that, you know, I'm reminded through these scripture and through C.H. Spurgeon's quotes that, that Jesus, who was God, needed to get away from society, needed to pull himself to withdraw from people and be alone in order to focus on his time conversing with God. And so I, I, I would kind of did a little exercise too where I thought back, what are some of the most influential, some, some of those times when I, I, can, I f- could feel God when I was praying? And uh, my top five list, I'm not gonna go through all five of them, 
all included times when I was out in nature. Um, I can specifically remember a time in, in, in Uganda when uh, Melinda and Brian and Jackie and I were sent over to Uganda and, and Pastor Samuel took, us, took Brian and I to the, to, the, to the garden for the day. And uh, that was a fun day, wasn't it, Brian? Uh, we spent the day picking corn that they had grown for the, for the school. And it was exhausting. And I can remember at one point that day just sitting down and needing to catch my breath. And we were out away from the city, um, just a bunch of guys. And we had a, just a little bit of quiet time. And I just remember just kind of putting my head down and saying, okay, God, what's on your mind? And I just, I can't really describe the the peace, the feeling that, 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 that overcame me at that time, but that was one significant time that, that I just felt his presence and, and that intimacy feeling that, uh, that, like I said, unless you felt it, it's hard, it's hard to really describe. Um, you know, I could go through uh, quite a few other times when, when I've had that, sense that God was right there, that he was, that, and I know that, you know, reading through scripture that he wasn't fully there and he wasn't completely revealing himself to me because I couldn't handle that if he did, but, but it was, it was more real than any other time. Um, so I guess I just, I just want to encourage you to, to apply the same principles that Jesus did in his prayer. You know, take some time to retreat to pull yourself away from. And I know with small children and young families and the busyness, busyness of life, it's, it's hard. And now that my kids are grown, it's a little easier for me to find that time to get away. Um, but it doesn't have to be long. And you don't have to go far. The pictures that have been scrolling through, uh, um, I asked if it would be possible to have some pictures of Marion County scrolling on the screen while I was talking because these are all just within driving distance. Every single photo that's been flashing up on the screen is a place that we could retreat to here in Marion County. And I, uh, I just want to encourage you to, to try to take a moment, even if it's just a brief moment on your drive home from Pella or on your drive to a ball game, to just pull into one of these mountains, one of these little wildernesses and See what happens. I want to end with one little story that happened just this week. And I know my family's probably, probably already tired of hearing this, but uh, a cold front was moving in. And if you're a deer hunter, you know what that means. <laughs> the deer are going to start moving. And so I thought, you know what, Thursday morning, I, I got up early. Left the house without Jackie knowing. I mean, she knew I was going to, but I snuck out without waking her up for a change. And I got out to my tree stand before dark, before the sun was up, and it was peaceful, it was quiet. There was nothing going on except me just sitting there in nature. And I said, okay, God, let's, let's talk. And I, can't, I, I didn't have any real specific things that I was praying over. I just, random thoughts would pop into my head and I'd pray over it. And all of a sudden, an owl swooped in from over my right shoulder and tried landing on the top of my bow. I, I had to swat it away with my bow. Now, 
that was the end of the prayer moment. I don't know if God was, I, I don't know if that was God saying something specific. I, if you, I hope maybe he were, he'll reveal what that meant to me someday, but, or if that was Satan trying to distract me from praying, maybe that was it too. But anyway, that was a, that was a pretty cool uh, moment that happened uh, this week during one of my times getting away. Uh, so in conclusion, my prayer time in nature, just like Jesus, is very critical to my relationship with God. That's when I feel his presence most clearly. However, I have gained an appreciation for the prayer gatherings at church that uh, Pastor Andrew has been encouraging. Over the past couple of years, we've had a lot of different initiatives. Um, I've, I've gained to learn to appreciate them more and more. Um, and I've also learned that Pastor Andrew's not trying to suggest that I replace my time in nature with a prayer event here at church. He's just inviting me to, to add a new type of altar into my prayer life. And this specific prayer event that we have going on right now is not, has a completely different focus than maybe my prayer that happens when I'm out in a tree stand or when I go out to nature and, and just sit. Um, it's more of a community focus, a focus where all of us as a church can join together and pray for him to work in amazing ways. And um, I just think it's awesome that we're getting more and more people to show up. So that's... Back down. There we go. Before you go back down, you mentioned Uganda. And you have done many service projects. We celebrated Faith in Action a lot years and years ago. There's been other service projects. You've done like relief trips when there's been a storm or something. And you've went to Haiti and Uganda. Um, can you talk a little bit about what some of those trips have meant to you? And I, and I have a reason for this because I'm gonna, I'm, there's another way about drawing close that I'm going to get to. So. Yeah, so... You know, I referenced the, our trip to Uganda with Brian and the, that day. I think God, uh, maybe it's, I think we, when we get away and focus on serving God, I think he, maybe it's we are more aware of the involvement that he has in our life and the way that he's trying to steer us. It's, it's just a, a, a different way of withdrawing from our life and focusing on what he wants to do. And, you know, whether it's in Joplin with Jackie down there and the youth group kids rebuilding from a tornado or, or our trips to Haiti with, with many hands, those are great opportunities to just to, to, to force yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to put my life on hold. And God, this week, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. and, and when you do that, he, he shows up and works through you in amazing ways. And so you would say that's a, that is another way that your relationship, you felt close to God. You wouldn't, people wouldn't usually describe it as intimacy. Right, right. But when you come back from those trips, what's it like usually? Yeah, I, I'm definitely more re resolute on being in his mission. Mm -hmm. um, and the people that you go on those trips with, you're always closer to them. Uh, that's, it's an experience that, as brothers and sisters in Christ, you just you you form a bond on a trip like that that that's unlike any other. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Well, can you pray for us before we move on and I share a few, few more things? Sure. So God, I just, I thank you for Allowing people to record how Jesus prayed. Yeah. Thank you for the writers of the Bible that, that took the time to pay attention to his life, put it in writing so that we can emulate that. Thank you for showing up when I do set aside time in my life. Thank you for the encounters that, um, that, I've, that I've had already and that I'm sure to have in the future with you. So God, I just pray that as we move forward through the service that uh, we can all carry one thing out of here that we can apply to our prayer life and our, our relationship with you so that we can become more intimate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. We will put, I know we didn't have the quotes up on the screen, but... Um, you may or may not know that we, this series, we're putting sermon notes out uh, through our, our website, and so we'll get those two quotes from Spurgeon out, out there, along with a few other notes. What I'm going to do for the remainder of, of the time, I really want to focus on two passages to reinforce two of the things that we've, we've been talking about um, here, which is, one, we can draw close to God and his presence through serving others, and two, through creation. So mostly, I'm going to let the scripture do the, the talking. Um, so the one passage will be Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. It says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit... This, oh, I should stop. This is Jesus talking, okay? Sorry, I'm going to start again. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne... All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes, and you clothe me? And and clothe you. When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these, least of, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, 
but the righteous to eternal life. Now, this is a very sobering passage, and um, the, if this passage was taken all by itself and not with the other things of the Bible, one might think that this is how you get to heaven or not go to heaven. More so, we get to heaven through faith in Jesus, and there's, there's evidence that we're really following Jesus if we're doing these things, not we do these things so we can get to heaven. But that's not the main point I want to talk about. I want to talk about one particular aspect of this, and that is Jesus is present when what he describes as the least of these, people who are in need, are there, and we, and that opportunity is before us. We can come into the presence of Jesus by going to people who have need. And when I think of least of these, I think a lot of times of the people we might quickly overlook or who are easily overlooked or not taken care of. And so one of the, one of the ways to get to his presence is to be in contact in relationship with people who are in need and to help them. And that could be as... That could include our own family. There were, I think Judd said, 15 people from Celebrate who helped move the middle school, uh, from, you know, the new middle school's opening up. Um, that was, that's a huge way to serve, and that's a blessing. There is a particular thing about these kind of examples that Jesus is giving. Again, people that, that we wouldn't necessarily, it's not because it's our family, or our, it's, it's these are people in need, and we are doing it for Jesus. One thing to be careful about is that we don't do it with a sense of like, oh, I have to help these people. James says that the poor, if you are a believer and you are poor in this world, you have a special place of honor in the kingdom. And if you are wealthy and a believer, you need to be careful because it's upside down in the kingdom world. So, we can, by actually having relationship with people, I think, and helping in their needs, we get into Jesus' presence. I was amazed in my youth ministry days that we would do something and it would be like, we're going to go and they're going to have the music and everybody, and the, it's gonna, we're going to have fun and we're going to get crazy and we're going to eat everything we can do to entertain kids. Three days of it. Funny speaker. We, we went to it. The change I saw in those people over the course of time. I mean, they did the sinner's prayer. They did that. I'm not saying all of them, but mostly if you look a year later. Then we'd go on a mission trip. And there'd be no air conditioning. And there'd be bathroom stories. Because the bathroom situations weren't good. And, there'd be the, and they would work hard and they would sweat. And they'd come back and it would be totally different because they were doing something for the least of these. They were doing it for Jesus, and they get close to Jesus that way. One other quick thing before I move on to the second, second uh, area we're talking about, and that is, if any of you have, are financially stable, it's not that it will cost you money, but you're willing to uh, fill out the form to sponsor a Ukrainian refugee family, the one, I talked about this a few weeks ago, one family got here yesterday that we sponsored, but there's one family and the situation fell through and you're willing to do something, come talk to me sometime this week, okay? Because we're trying to help people who can't, they need help. The Ukrainian people that live in our area can't be the sponsors. 
So they are looking for help. Who will help bring people whose homeland is devastated to family over here? So who might be willing to do that? Okay, next. Psalm, Psalm 19. I want to talk about Jesus communicating and being present, or God communicating and being present in and through creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. The words their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and make it, makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. It says very clearly, God communicates through creation. And minimally, the way he communicates through his creation is, his creation points to a fact that this came from somewhere. Someone put all this here. Someone's in charge of all this. It says in Romans 1, you know, we know God exists because the creation just gives all this evidence. There is someone who's the source of all this. Now, going on, verse 7. All of a sudden, it just totally abrupts, or abruptly changes. We're talking about God speaking through creation, creation, creation. And then it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. The words of God, different ways, commands, decrees, statutes, these words of God that God gives to us are incredibly helpful and valuable. Verse 10, they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer." Why is this song prayer in the Bible that says, we're going to talk about creation, and then all of a sudden, without warning, without transition, we're going to talk about God's words? Why is it doing that? Well, there is a limitation to what we can hear from God through creation. So there's a way in which if we just, you know, to say that the golf course is my church, you know, I'm just going to be, you know, I, I, I connect with God more in nature, so I don't ever need to come this. I, I'm not a reader, so I, well, there's a way in which that we can easily be deceived. We can just make God whatever we want God to be. But these words say, this is who God really is. And these words say, God loves us and God sent his son for us. We don't get that from creation. We don't get the gospel, the good news that Jesus became, was God, became a man, died for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins, made a way for eternal life, rose from the dead, so we have hope after death. All of that is coming from here. And forgive my hidden faults, I need community, I need a spiritual faith community, or I can get off track. I need to hear the good news of Jesus and be reminded of his words, and so that is the limitation of creation. Having said that, I think this city slicker 
thinks we do not get in creation enough. I think that from, and I haven't done this recently, but from hearing and reading about the effects that we have of our screens, especially from people who live in urban areas where they don't get out in creation at all. And I, then I see this book, it, it sounds like people are praying just right out in the open. You know, the heavens declare your, your glory, God. Your, your love stretches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the sky. You're, you're like the mighty mountains and the ocean deep and all of this. That's what they're praying and singing right out there. We need to connect with what God created, the living thing, and not just do screens. One example is they do a study where they put the TV screen in the rooms of people who are in hospitals of the nature. Okay? It has an effect, if I remember correctly. Then they put them next to a window where there's a real tree outside. This kind of effect. So there is a way in which really connecting with creation matters. And we can do it. We who live around here have like, it's not like living in the Twin Cities. It is just right here. And we should get out, not to replace church, you know, there's a time and place for that. But for some of us, this is our main pathway of connecting with God, like Mike was talking about. And for others of us, it's not. But I have learned I need it. And one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible is about Enoch. Enoch, he's one of the only people who didn't die. Just said God took him. So what was it about Enoch? What do we know about Enoch? He walked with God. You can go on a 10-minute walk, but think about God during it. And it changes everything. I have my, when we, my grandparents lived 25 minutes from us. 25 minutes from us. And so we would go there, I would say an average a week for my, you know, my whole life till, till my teen years. And I have it still in my head memorized the whole route. Because when I was a kid and I was in the car, I didn't get a screen or a movie. I just looked out the window. So I got the whole thing. We go places, we're driving places, and I'm the driver, so I can't look at my screen. And I'm like, look at that. Look at, look at that. And the back seat, right? The passenger seat sometimes, but I mean, not, I mean. <laughs> she's way more of an outdoors person than me. I just say, we, I think we miss what God could show us in creation all the time. And so to draw close to God, let's, let me just sit the action steps and we'll wrap up. We, please continue with prayer builders. Please continue praying. Like Mike said, there is, there is some, it could be good for a lot of us. I think it has been. But a primary point is we're trying to pray for what God could do among us and for, for the world. So the prayer builders advance. Look for opportunities to serve the least of these. You know, the well, if you go to the well, Knoxville, and say, when you need stuff moved or you need stuff fixed or, you know, I can, you know, let me know. You can say no when you can't, but you also could have opportunities. Like, there's a need that comes up. You could go help people. And then, and also, hopefully, because of COVID, we haven't been able to do mission trips, but hopefully in 2023 and 2024, we will start to be able to do those, those things again. So consider that. And then finally, walk and talk with God. Listen, reflect in his creation. Just talk with him. Just be there. 
Just look, just notice, and see if that is one of the ways in which you get closer. I'm going to invite Terry Gata up. She's going to close us in prayer now. And um, Terry is one of the people who her primary pathway of connecting with God is nature. She's been talking to me about this for years, about the way she gets close to God in nature. Terry, yeah, go ahead and grab that and come on over. Terry um, was the head elder uh, not too long ago for a few years. She's been on the elder board twice since I've, I've been here. She and John go to the mountains and go hiking, and, there's all, and she sends me pictures, and there's just all kinds of ways in which I recognize I'm missing something by my own tunnel focus uh, and not getting out in creation. So I've asked her to pray for us as we, as we close. You're good. Like Andrew said, I love to be outside, and so when he, when he asked me to pray for the congregation... I looked at my phone, of all things, because I have pictures of nature in my phone. And I see God's majesty in mountains. I see his promise in rainbows. And then there are surprise gifts like bursts of color in the fall. And sometimes I've seen branches of trees that look like crosses across a brook. So discovering my pathway to God in nature has really changed the way I worship. Psalm 96, 6 says, Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for being our good, good father and for loving us so completely. You sacrificed your only son for us. Thank you for knowing each of us well enough to give us pathways to worship you. You have given me the sanctuary of nature, a place where you lead me beside still waters when the world feels out of control. Thank you for the beauty of the changing seasons and the intricacies of your creation that point us to your power. In the words of Sarah Young in Jesus Listening, she writes, while journeying with you, I perceive lovely hints of heaven. The earth is radiantly alive with your presence. Shimmering sunshine awakens my heart and gently reminds me of your brilliant light. Birds, flowers, and trees evoke praises to your holy name. Help us, Lord, to be fully open to the splendors of your creation as we walk in the light of your love. Please help us close... Keep us close to you this week, joyously aware of your presence. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So if you'll stand for the blessing now. Thank you, Terry. If you haven't nominated someone yet, please consider doing that. The sheets will be out there. There will be people available to pray for you here. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the presence of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.